Hello and welcome to this podcast trailer of Sam's Alternative slash Sam Saturday, four hours of power podcast, two of three, part one. On this part of the podcast, I'll be chatting to Paul and Chris from Adelaide Metal Band of Murder of Crows about how the band formed, how they came up with the band name, what the response has been like for Overthrown, how they got into music, the best thing about being a musician, the least favourite thing about being a musician, and a whole lot more. We will also play Overthrown in part two of the the podcast episode music so why don't we get into the chat with paul and chris from a murder of crows and here it is right now hello paul how are you mate thanks chris is here with me as well oh g'day chris how you going buddy thanks uh it's good to chat to you again paul i can't believe it's been four months since you were last on with sons of erebus it feels like about four days ago I know it's ridiculous. I mean, the time has flown. A lot of things have happened. A lot of, a lot of movement. A lot of traction. Yes. Uh, how is it up in South Australia? Is it warm, cold, mixture? Oh, it has been warm lately. It was thirty nine on uh, what was it Thursday or Friday? Uh, Friday. Friday. Ooh. Yeah, it's not that warm down here in Victoria. It's only about twenty five, and that's warm enough for me, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, you wouldn't like it here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I wouldn't mind coming over to South Australia, but not when it's 39 degrees, preferably. <laughs> no, 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 it's a nice place. There's plenty of, plenty of music stuff going on here at the moment too, so. Yeah, you tell it, mate. I can't believe how much amazing talent's coming out of South Australia and Adelaide, in a sense. There's just so much good stuff at the moment. Yeah, it's 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 good to be amongst it. It's good to be considered talent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Murder of Crows. I love the name, Bed, and I love – I've just been listening to Overthrown. I know it hasn't been released on um, Spotify yet, but um, um, loving the song. I think when a band takes a few years off, as a lot of people might not know, when Murder of Crows did take a hiatus, the first song's a bit – it's a big step because you think, all right, you've been out of – like um, music for a few years, what's the first single going to be like? But I reckon the Aussie bands do it well because Sunk Lotto returned after 20 years last year with the Gallows Wait. That was an insane song. And the yeah. Murder of Crows have done it even better with Overthrown. Oh, thanks, oh. man. Cheers, buddy. So, that's, that's, that's yeah. Big... But, um, no, I think, um, yeah, it's my favourite song already of the year. I know we're only 12 days into it, but... <laughs> Or fourteen or whatever it is, but yeah, I think it's my favourite song of this month so far. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. I'm glad. We're, we're pretty proud of it. We we love it. All the all the guys uh, jamming it pretty hard, and and everyone that we we have shown it to so far as as has all been good good feedback. Yep, and I think you know it's one of those songs where a good start to a song sort of gets you know gets you hooked. And I think Here Comes the Pain was the and Judgment Day were the other two songs I listened to before this interview. And both those songs hooked me, but I think Overthrown, the first 20 seconds of the song, just got me hooked straight away. Yeah, it's, it's very intense. Chris, has, Chris is, a, uh, is a fantastic riff writer and uh, he... Pumps, pumps a lot of uh, it. It draws, it draws, it draws you straight away. It's, it's, it's the, the design of the if thrash metal. Really, it's, it's in our mind. It's like it's just got to pull you in, and mm-hmm. uh, it, that song is yeah, 
it's probably one of the it's probably the best thing we've we've done honestly yeah and i think yeah every musician should be proud of every band should be proud of what they write because i think you know if you've put all your heart and soul into it and it's come out and one person listens to it or one person shares it that must make bands and artists feel like they've done something they should be very proud of which all bands do that yeah definitely agree yeah so before we move on i have mentioned the name of the band of paul and chris but i actually should officially say that paul and chris are two of the five members of adelaide thrash metal band a murder of crows who have just dropped overthrown after a few years hiatus which um has it's good to see a lot of these bands coming back into the fray and dropping new music after a few years and murder of crows is one of them yeah she is yeah, it's, it's it's been it's it's awesome man it's awesome getting back into it. it's awesome getting jamming with the guys again it's awesome uh and 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 and, and adding like such a highlight bass player in jason moon has been has been great They're all of, he's he's fit into the group so well and uh it's just been it's like breath of fresh air writing music again yeah he's been the missing element for sure <clears throat> yeah and I think sometimes, you know, the band can be brilliant, but you think, all right, if there's someone we can put in as to make this band better than what it could be, I think anything's worth a try. And obviously Jason has done really well the short time he's been with A Murder of Crows, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, there's going to be more to come because uh, he's already done some work on some other songs as well and... Everything he basically plays on just makes it sound 10 times better than it did. So he's uh, been a great addition. And, of course, Jason, I didn't realise this until someone posted it on the Facebook page that Jason was in or did at one time was a part of Echoes in Eternity, which I had no idea he was, which was really bad. Another South Australian band there. Yeah, I, I, um, you, I seen you were playing a couple of their songs the other day, actually. Yeah. No, um, they that Into the Negative album was actually really good and I liked the sound of it. And then, yeah, just um, like, like they're still in the music scene, the members of the band and that, but I think they just, like a lot of bands, maybe just took a break and people went their different ways. It happens in the music industry, which is sad, but, you know, that's life, I guess. Hello? Hello? You Hello? there? Oh, sorry, there? yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. My my phone locked itself and the microphone decided to stop working. <laughs> <laughs> so if people hear Sam talking to himself, that's what it is for about five seconds. Don't worry. It's no one's... <laughs> no, we're, just, we're just playing tricks. Silly buggers. <laughs> <laughs> No, the first couple of times I did interviews, um, I wondered why it disconnected. And I've found if you don't put your phone on do not disturb during an interview and someone tries to ring you, it cuts the interview. So I'm always cautious now of putting it on do not disturb after the band's got through because that'd be embarrassing. If you're interviewing a band and then it just stops all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be Andy. No. <laughs> oh. But um, no, and um, of course, for those that actually don't know, uh, Paul from 
uh, A Murder of Crows is also in a fellow South Australian band who I interviewed back in August last year called Sons of Erebus that uh, dropped World Fallen Depravity late last year. So, yeah. Should have another one coming out soon as well. Ooh, so watch this space, I reckon. Lot, yeah, lots, and watch this Murder of Crows space. We've got lot, lots of stuff yeah. that we want to drive. Overthrown is just the beginning. And, of course, you're playing Blood Sacrifice in a few weeks' time over there in South Australia, which should be fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good weekend. It's gonna it's gonna take a bit of preparation, I think, for for our old bodies to do that kind of work. But we'll be there. <laughs> it's been a while for me, so uh, we'll see, see how it goes. No, because I saw the lineup. Like it, um, those left behind are also on there. There's a whole heap of great bands, and I was like, if it was in Victoria, I'd probably go. But Getting over to South Australia from Warrigal and having the time off work might be a bit difficult this time of year, but yeah, just coming back, just coming back from from Christmas and having time off. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Look, my work's like lenient that they say like if you give us enough notice and put in unavailability, we could probably cater to it. But I think two weeks' notice probably not. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Probably wouldn't fly. <laughs> uh, let, no, but then I could say, oh, I'll take a sick in. And if they see that I'm interstate on Facebook, if I post it or something, they'll be like, you said you were sick. Nice try. does work like that. You gave me a free ticket, man. <laughs> I had more important things, live music in another state. It's <laughs> I am sick as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you said, if I said I had um, COVID, not that I should be joking about this, if I said I had COVID to the workplace, then they would say, well, you need to take five days off work. So, yeah, I'll just say I had something else prior to it that <laughs> was more important. But, yeah, uh, maybe next year I'll get over to South Australia, maybe. Yeah, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be lots of stuff getting put on, I reckon. There's, uh, there seems to be good... Good, uh, good response to a lot of the things that are getting put on, and the last, the last few concerts that, that Sons of Erebus have played have been have, have sold out, and like so, there's there's good um, good response to what's coming out at the moment, and yeah, I'm 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 excited. A murder of crows are excited to to, to be uh, to be a part of that, and uh, yeah, getting put up high on the list with with um, with Forest Under Construction is pretty cool. Yeah. Toddy's a mad cunt, so like uh, yeah. Mm. No, definitely. And I think um, all a band needs is just a bit of, um, you know, a lot of people, and this is, I guess, in life general, but um, some people are afraid to give these up-and-coming bands more of a go instead of going for the big names here in Australia. It's not happening as much now. There's a lot of local, small, upcoming bands that are getting a shitload of um, headline slots with some of the biggest names in this country and overseas, which is good. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's sort of like we want to sell the ticket so we go for, a you know, an Alpha Wolf or a Void of Vision because we know they're going to sell over a smaller band, for example, let's say A Murder of Crows or um, someone like Bifurcation or even Dissect and because they're not as well known. 
but I think it's fair to, you know, even that out, sort of one gig, give it to a big name, and then the next one, have a small up-and-coming band to give that band exposure. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it can be a slope, like, really, yeah, because it's... Um... You want that, yeah. The promoters want their numbers. The venues want their numbers. The the bands want the uh, the go. They just want the the the, the experience, the the big the, the um the chance, you know. It's definitely mm. a job be, that's for sure. No. Yeah. And I think um you know didn't want to mention it, but um after the pre pandemic and all that, I think yeah a lot of venues are struggling especially like i know all around australia but a few in melbourne have closed and are about to close and it's just like i don't think a lot of venues have picked up since that like they're struggling to get people in the door and you just think you know i would have thought most people after what happened would want to get out there and check out live music more but i think there's still that um afraid uh, the fear of you know what happens if I get sick or what happens if there's an outbreak again, but I think it's just we've played safe for too long. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. There's a there's still a bit of uncertainty around it, and people are still a bit uh, a bit reluctant to get into the mix of it unless it's like oh well you know I can take the risk for that. That's a, that's that's massive. That's a big thing. I mean, but yeah, there's other people that. That'll just yeah, stay at home. We've had we've had venues close here too, like Enigma closed, and then that was devastating for the for a few people in the metal community. It was, like spent a lot of their time growing up there on Saturday nights, you know. Uh, yeah, I heard a lot of good um, words and a lot of good um, things about the Enigma bar in Adelaide. Like, and it was sad when I saw it was closing, and then someone posted on. Facebook or something, it said something like, it's interesting when people now come out when they know a venue's closing. And I thought, I can understand why they posted that, but in another sense, it's just sort of like, yeah, people could take that the wrong way. But it, it's true to some point. Yeah. I suppose at the end of the day, people go out and stop going out for whatever reasons, and whatever reasons, it is, it's their own reasons, so can't really question it. Nah. Oh, yeah, and I think there's, there's people out there that love supporting live music more than other people and, you know, or they can – and there's commitments, like there's family commitments, work commitments, just any number of commitments that people can't always get to um, yeah. as many That's shows as they want. People might not come out to the shows, but they might be the same ones that like stream your music and watch your videos and like all your posts and do everything else they can, but they just can't get to the shows. So you know, you never know what like people actually do. So yeah, it's. I think that's a very valid point there, Chris. I think yeah, it's you know you can attack someone for not coming to a show, but if you haven't seen what they've done behind the scenes, then you can't really just say, oh, they're not. A worthy person of that bed or live music. It's true. Exactly. But yeah. Anyway, maybe on to some more positive stuff. And Dev, stop mentioning the C word that has drained <laughs> us for four years. <laughs> All right. So Paul sort of knows how the interview process works, given he was on a few months ago. So, Chris, generally what happens with the interviews is I ask you guys a bunch of questions about the band and then yep. the fun part at the end is and i'll give you a bit of time now 
is that Paul and Chris have the opportunity to reverse the table and ask me the hard-hitting questions at the end. So... Chris loves the hard-hitting questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, my questions aren't hard-hitting. You've probably been asked them a million. Or a couple you've probably been asked a million times. The others might be a bit new to you. But, yeah, it's nothing like, oh, nothing that you have to go into full detail about if there's a short answer for it. So Sweet. All right. <laughs> all right. How did the band A Murder of Crows form? Oh, we were, uh, when when Chris and I started, we just, yeah, we had this realisation one day that I, he, he was like, I've got some guitar riffs that I wrote, you know, years ago. And I said, I've got all these lyrics that I wrote years ago. And we just spent the next six months to a year just smashing them together and making songs. <laughs> That's uh, actually accurate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty much it. That's uh, pretty much how it went. And then like, I managed to get a hold of uh, a computer and uh, I was able to make my own drum beats and stuff like that. And once once that happened, then we started actually having songs. So that's how the band formed. How the, how the band got to a five-piece is a much longer story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it was a two-piece and now it's doubled and actually it's nearly tripled because you've got five members now in the band. Yeah, well, we never actually played a show with just me and Paul. That that never actually happened. Once we got a third member in Shane, we had two guitars and a, and the vocalist. So I just did all the backing tracks on the computer, and we did uh, <laughs> we did one disastrous show, our first show with that backing track, and oh, the yeah. backing track shit itself. <laughs> that was with that was with Blood Mason. Like I remember those. I still talk to a fair few of those yeah. dudes. They're in d- different ba- other bands now. Absolutely devastating. But luckily, it was a pretty dead gig, so no one actually saw it. So it was okay. <laughs> and it was your first I think if that was like your 10th or 20th gig you'd be like oh shit this has really put us yeah. down a peg but first gig it's sort of like I don't think anyone expects like a whole lot from a band's first gig like there's been some of they do it where I thought is this is their first gig where have they been all this time sort of thing yeah yeah, I mean, we probably, sh- in hindsight, we probably weren't ready to take the stage at that point. We were just a little bit too uh, overzealous. <laughs> but I think that's the sort of the nerves and the adrenaline, though. Like, once you get that first show out of the um, way, you're sort of like, all right, the nerves and adrenaline is what keeps you going. If you bring that energy every show, um, people will come back and come back multiple times. Yeah, I mean, on the bright side, having that show being so bad, it was like we had this mindset, well, can't be any worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I much worse than than your whole rhythm section stopping. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's, it's good to look back on that and go, all right, that was not the best gig we did. But as you said, Chris, the only way is up here. So that's it. Like, a funny story about that, not in the um, first gig um, experience, but I listened back a couple of weeks ago to my first podcast interview I did, and then I listened to the last one I did, and I'm just like, how much different and better it sounded 
now to when I first started out. When I first started out, I was stuttering. I was mumbling. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. You only get better with practice, don't you? Yeah. And I think it also, the funny thing is, the first interview I did was actually someone I knew. And everyone asked me, why do you find it more nervous interviewing someone you know? And it's like, because you feel like the pressure's more on you because they know your backstory and you know their backstory. If you're interviewing someone you don't know, you don't know anything about the history of the band. Like, I didn't know that A Murder of Crows was a two-piece with Chris and Paul at first. Like, I never knew that. Yeah, they wouldn't, there's not a lot of people that would have known that, to be honest. It's not really a... Like I said, we had some songs. We didn't really have much else. It was just me and Paul. <laughs> yeah, we had ambition. We had ambition and uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Well, it's worked, and I think um, you know, the only way is up. And I think a murder of cries. I think the name of the band. I think it's got a good ring to it, like because it's not a band with that in the title or just a one-word band. I like a band with three or four words in it, and it's not. Oh, that cliche, what do you always tell me? Verbing the noun. Verbing the it's noun. not verbing the noun. Yeah. <laughs> and look, there are some really good bands here in Australia with that in the title. I'm not doubting that. The Gloom in the Corner, amazing. There's some big-name bands over the years that have had it, like Rage Against the Machine and that. But it's sort of like it's just maybe done a little bit to death with that at the front of it or in the title. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I'm very interested now because the next question is, how did you actually come up with the band name, A Murder of Crows? Is there a backstory? Oh, geez. I, you, you t- I mean, when, 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 uh, when we started writing, I, I said to Chris, I've got a name. And, like, he li- and that was it. It's A Murder of Crows. And he liked, he's like, I like it. I, to, me, to ask me the question, hey, where did you come up with that? Jeez. That's a 20-plus-year-old 20, 20 memory there, man. I got, you know, I've almost got no no recollection of where it came from. <laughs> there is a good point to be about this. Though. The fact that we were a two piece probably made it very easy to decide that we were a murder of crows. Like, if, if we had had more members, there might have been dissent into that and not actually wanting to use the name. So you never know. That's it. He was like, he suggested that. I was just like, oh, yeah, sounds good. Cool. <laughs> Because I was thinking, because a murder of crows, for those that don't know what a murder of crows is, a group of the bird crows is called a murder. I still don't know how they came up with a group of crows being a murder, but anyway. <laughs> and I just, I thought there might have been something like along the connections of, because you're from South Australia, the Adelaide crows. And I, I thought you might have been a group of Adelaide crows supporters or something. And that's where the name came from. But she got it completely wrong, probably. But I think Richie and Shane are both Crow supporters, as far as I know. Yeah. But um, uh, I mean, I I've, I have told people that it's because we're a you know a group of crow eaters. So like you know, but it's not necessarily where the story comes from. I probably got it from The Simpsons or, or fucking or, or a book or something. You know what I mean? Like it probably just sounded cool, like you said. Like I probably like found once I found out what the, a group of crows was called. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that actually does sound like what you did. 
Because I'm thinking if you called yourself a murderer of another bird name, there's not really any other outside of Raven, maybe. None mm. of the others would make sense. A murderer of magpies, a murderer of parrots. Yeah, it doesn't really roll <laughs> off the tongue. Like. Yeah. <laughs> a murder of albatross. Yeah. A murder of emus. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> go down very well. I would find out that AMOC is also uh, an acronym for the Aston Martiners uh, Owners oh, Club yeah. uh, yesterday. So, oh, fair enough. We can't use that as our official acronym anymore. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, you got to be so careful with copyright nowadays. I mean, yeah. It's, I, I heard, um, funnily enough, a fellow South Australian band, this band called Signals, um, they were saying they had to... Um, change their the way they spelt their name because apparently there's a band in the UK called Signals, so that's why the A is a upside. Uh, sorry, the V is an upside down A in their name because they had to. Which yeah, it's like, and I'm thinking shit. Like, there's so many names in bands now. Like, if you said, "Oh, I want to be named this." There's so much copyright infringement that if you don't do your research, you could end up in a lot of strife. Yeah, we um, we when we did when, when we put the Sons of Erebus stuff here, that was the first thing that happened. It was like, all right, now to find out if you're allowed to use that name, and you push the button and you wait. Yeah, you just think, oh well, good. <laughs> Luckily, we were around sort of pre internet being dominant error so it was kind of good we got away with our name and no one's really said anything yeah because 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 we kind of named the band in 06 and, and we had the abn and all that established back then so yeah it was like there was a jazz band somewhere i can't remember where it was and when i discovered them i messaged them and told them about the uh that we've copyrighted the name and so forth and they were gone they actually deleted the page so okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing i could think of of a murder of crows is I think there was a 1998 movie and starring Cuba Gooding Jr. But yeah. I don't think the Cuba Gooding Jr. has got more things to worry about than someone taking a yeah, I don't think film. Uh, we've been boys in the hood way longer than that. No, but um, no, it's interesting. The interesting way I found a murder of crows is a little bit different to what people might actually think. Because generally, when you find a band, you would find them in Spotify, Bandcamp, um, word of mouth. Um, mine actually came through in an email about. Well, firstly, it was a message from Paul, um, saying that uh. A Murder of Crows were releasing new muse or about to release Overthrown and wanted me to start playing some of your older stuff. But the actual first time I heard Overthrown was that Lee, who used to be Echoes in Eternity, actually messaged me and showed me Overthrown because at that stage I hadn't actually listened to a lot of A Murder of Crows. And then I went back and just like, holy shit, how have I not discovered this band before? Despite the hiatus, I know, but it's yeah, yeah. yeah I think the, uh, the 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 hiatus it does, and 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 because we've been 
what we we were on hiatus from like 2012 or 2013 basically so it's been it's like a um there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of things have happened in that 10 years especially with the internet and music and like you kind of you you start to move in you, you move from like relevance into obscurity into nostalgia somewhere in that line <laughs> I think as far as the songwriting goes, especially with a lot of our earlier stuff, um, it was kind of like I said, we were very enthusiastic. So a lot of the stuff that we wrote was just like, oh, yeah, we like that. It sounds good. But over the last, like, 10 years or so, I think we've all matured musically and it's uh, improved our filters as to know what's not good. <laughs> yeah. And I think you, you would agree with this, that generally the people in the band are their harshest critics more than the fans because you pick up on stuff that I would have no idea why you're being so harsh on yourself because I'd go, what the fuck do you mean that's not what we wanted it to sound like? It sounded good sort of thing. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, the fans fans will come up to you and tell you they love this song. We love this song. And you're like, really? Why? <laughs> it's like, because we, we play it because, you know, we kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I always the question everyone says like oh what's your favorite song of ours and then they'll say oh it's this and like that's different to what everyone else has said or they're like no that's the wrong answer I'm like well what's the right answer <laughs> what did you expect me to say <laughs> yeah i mean people seem to really like here comes a pain and i'm not personally a fan of playing it but you know whatever <laughs> yeah i think I reckon Judgment Day, out of the older stuff, is probably one of my favourite A Murder of Crows songs, easily. I just, I think Judgment Day, for some reason, I don't know why I can relate to it more than Here Comes the Pain, but... It has a, um, I think it has a bit more of a of an 80s, like, me personally, I, I always found, found that Judgment Day is a bit more of an 80s feel, it's a bit more like upbeat like musically it has it, it it's kind of like a jump in the fire almost from like kill them all type feel yeah, yeah like... and like i think also with here comes a pain like i love long tracks but if like a six minute song sometimes compared to like what judgment day or overthrown even is i think yeah it's sort of like you gotta pay more attention to a Six uh, six minutes on, then you would say a four and a half minutes on, which is only ninety seconds. I know, but so this is going back to the maturity thing. Like we actually play that shorter when we play it on stage because we've uh, we've cut pieces out and shortened the intro and so forth. And like, had we recorded that song today, uh, it wouldn't be six minutes long. That's for sure. <laughs> no, that's a lot of parts that are cut in half now, and and, and riffs take ri unnecessary like lengths of musical. I think we took a whole verse out. Yeah, we ended up taking a whole verse out at some point. There used to be a four-verse song. It used to be like seven minutes long, man. Yeah, it was gigantic. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's – well, when you think about it, like, we go back 40 years, say to the Metallica era, the good Metallica era, um, <laughs> and sort of that thrash metal, Metallica averaged at like seven or eight minutes long a song. Like, Master of Puppets is eight and a half minutes alone. Really I mean, <laughs> to be fair, though, a lot of the uh, the rock 
like Led Zeppelin sort of style songs in the seventies were pretty lengthy as well. So I, I guess they were probably just following that trend. Yeah. yeah. Well, because Stairway to Heaven, the long version's like eight and a half minutes as well, and it's like, yeah. I think and people used to ask me, "Can you play this on?" When I used to do a radio show, and it was like in a two-hour show, they would give me either Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin or November Rain by Guns N' Roses. I'm just like, it's going to take up two blocks nearly just to yeah. play one song. It's yeah. Might as well play Hotel California while you're at it as well and just chuck all the long ones in. <laughs> um, There's another one. We've got a half-hour show and it's finished with like three songs. <laughs> well, how long was... um? Oh, what was that? There's a Dream Theater song um, off one of their first albums that was like 20 minutes long alone. I'm thinking, that's just insane. But in that sort of style of music it's no surprise because a lot of that prog metal stuff is like 16 17 minutes long yes yeah, uh it's a, it's a bit extreme as far <laughs> as the stuff goes actually like justice is, mm. as great as the album is it's just a bit too long for me mm. all the songs yeah. like there's just, every song on it's good if there's just some of them like you said before you just got to pay too much attention to what's going on with them mm. And I think, you know, and that's the same with Tool. As much as I love Tool, like their last album, there was a lot of criticism behind Fear Inoculum, obviously, the 13-year wait and all that. Like that's yeah. the only album I couldn't attest to because it was just, there was two songs on that album that were over 13 minutes long. Yeah. I, I, I love I love Numar as a song. I think that's great. But, yeah, I think that, the the album itself was was actually yeah, it was kind of hard to listen to. Some of the Opeth stuff is long too. It's like you know ten minute songs where they shove these really long like slow proggy bits in the middle, and you're like, did, did I change the song? And yeah, then it yeah. comes back and <laughs> yeah, fifteen minutes later to listen to the same song is a problem. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's like if you're going on a short like walk, like because I don't drive, I walk into town and all that. It's like. I need songs that aren't actually that long so I could get six or seven songs in to and from town. If I would start playing Tool or Metallica and their old stuff, you get one song in and you're nearly at the town centre already. Yeah. When I go to the gym, if I listen to like long songs, I'm only in there for like 45 minutes, you get like maybe eight songs in there if I'm lucky. If I listen to short songs, it'd be like, you know, 15 to 20, but... It's good for when you're actually working out. Need need the pace to change every now and then. Yeah, I wish I could have listened to my sort of music at work, but the music that they play at the country club, the golf club in here in Warrigal, is um like not my cup of tea. So, and no one's allowed to change the playlist to their own taste. And like, yeah, well, I don't think mine would be allowed there anyway, even if we were allowed to. Yeah, it's a bit like yeah. Um, Ethan from Sons of Erebus. He he works in a in a in a uh, pokey lounge. He's a, he's a gaming manager, and uh, he says the same thing. He said, "I want to put my music on, but you know, it's not one of them pubs." <laughs> uh, I'd do it anyway. Uh. <laughs> You're all listening to Behemoth today. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 
The funniest thing I ever heard at my workplace was someone, I don't know if they accidentally put it on in the outdoor area, but they someone had actually put on Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine, and it was coming up to the part where there's the fuck you, I don't do it, you tell me like 10 times. And I'm thinking, does this person actually realise the last minute and a half of this song? And then I heard the drum beat at the end. I'm like, it's obviously a censored version. So this is the film, but... the film clip. It. Yes. Oh, but uh, nah, I think yeah. Uh, if we got to choose the music, and I'm sure Ethan would be in the same thing. If he got to choose his music, he'd be happy. But yeah, yeah it's, sometimes it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. No, we we got to. As much as as much as we uh, all like deep down, we're all just punk rockers and don't want to conform. Sometimes we've got to because we've got to we've got to earn a crust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what has the now? I know this is a hard question because it actually hasn't been onto um, streaming platforms. But what has the actual overall response been like for Overthrown? Yeah, pretty good so far. Um... It's only on YouTube, obviously, to start with. It'll be on Spotify soon. But uh, so far, every every bit of feedback's been good. Yep. Yeah, it's it's clocked up some clocked up some views pretty quickly, and yeah, and, and yeah, everyone to everyone I showed that we uh, had a bit of a sneak peek for they, yeah, raving reviews come back. I've had um, a lot a lot of good feedback and. Uh, Oh, old, old, oh, a lot of old fans very excited, mm. which is uh, very good. But the opportunity, yeah. opportunity to make some new ones too, playing at this playing at Blood Sacrifice would be awesome. Which is February three at Lion Arts. If you are listening out there, people, and you're in the Adelaide area, or if you're just a live music enthusiast from anywhere in Australia and you want to get over, get over to it. There's yeah. a lot happening on the 3rd of February, not just in Victoria and South Australia. There's everything happening. February is looking crazy busy at the moment. Adelaide's, Adelaide's mental. The whole country's going mental. There's music, live music everywhere. We're going concerts left, right and centre. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this is the best time to be in in, in the music scene. I feel like we're no longer because you hear a lot of overseas people now say the best metal some of the best metal bands are here in australia which is a huge compliment yeah we're not we're not as cut off as we used to be from the rest of the planet when it comes to this comes to this scene a lot of bands uh bands like parkway drive and and diarda's murder and polaris and and have really and voyager have really opened the, the gates for for a lot of australian music in, especially in the heavy scene, I, don't know, I think mm. a lot of it comes from the internet as well. Like, the internet's made it possible. You you can play a show to five hundred people, right? And you got to practice and go through all the effort to make sure you get the show right. And then you got to actually do the show and you play to five hundred people, or you could just drop a video and get fifteen hundred views. So, which is more effective? You know what I mean? Mm. The internet has become such a powerful tool that if you know how to use it, you can market your music to the entire world without even leaving your house. Yep. And, you know, 99.9% of people, or maybe that's a 
too big a number. Maybe 95% of people would either have YouTube, Spotify, any of the those sorts of platforms and mm -hmm. would use it. So every person on the planet minus like babies obviously but every person that's able to have a streaming service would have at least one of those three for sure and i think like uh, with uh, youtube i feel like youtube's almost the biggest tool at people's disposal like uh, spotify is great and all that don't get me wrong but i feel like with youtube like not only are there lyric videos on there but you're actually seeing the video clip of this band that you know youtube has god knows how many users i've lost count but i feel like a video clip can say a lot about a band as well as the song on spotify or amrap or bandcamp whatever the platform the song is on so yeah agree we, we do actually have a clip plan for overthrown um I'm not I'm not sure about the specifics of it, but basically when uh, it gets released on Spotify, the uh, the video that's on YouTube at the moment will get taken down and we'll replace it with a video clip. Oh, okay, yep. Yes, we are gonna do it. We are we will do an official video, music video, first time ever Murder of Crows. We um initially weren't gonna release it when we did. We uh we just showed like twenty people basically to get get us sort of a, a bit of feedback and uh the response is a bit more overwhelming than we expected. So our managers decided, yeah, all right, let's, let's just drop it. <laughs> so we did. And it obviously, you're saying the numbers have done really well on YouTube. And I think um, all it takes is one person to share it or tag you guys in it. And then you've got like 100 more people watching the video the clip on youtube and then once it drops people start listening to it and i yeah, think well, um, ultimately yeah. people watching video is amazing but uh yeah the ultimate goal is if someone likes it that much that they actually share it that's uh that's pretty good yeah more <laughs> more more people across the world being able to listen to to, to our stuff that's that's really the goal we 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 want people to 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 listen to it and to like it which, yeah, and everyone seems to think, oh, what's one stream, what's one share mean to a band? It's what keeps bands going. I mean... Makes the, <laughs> makes the musical world go around. And, uh, you know, listening to a good song always makes me feel like a million bucks, man, so... Mm. And I think also, like, letting the band know they've done a good job with it is very important as well. A lot of people... I, I know don't do that and it's just like why don't you message them and say you enjoy their music they're just like what difference will it make i'm just like i think you'll know realize it makes a lot more difference than you lead on so yeah yeah sure um but like bands it's certainly at our level that operate their own social medias and, and so forth yeah for certain like we we see all those comments for sure <laughs> and we appreciate and, them yeah and you know um, the the higher end bands like the Parkways and obviously they are Thornell Polaris and that obviously they would get millions of messages daily so they can't respond to all of them obviously but yeah it's I think the messaging the smaller bands that are up and coming and that it's what keeps them going to become the next Parkway or the next Viard or Voyager or whoever the band from Australia might be there looking up to. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right. The best review slash feedback the band has received, whether it's been on Overthrown or past releases. Oh, well. I mean, we we have a we have a fan with a tattoo of our logo on their hand. That's a pretty like it's a pretty good review. Like of our shit. Like I always thought that's that's pretty like it's a fairly dedicated dude. And uh, and we always thought, well, you must you must love what we do if you go and do something like that. But um, that that's that's always been a pretty big like. Uh, uh, I, I can't think of the word. I think it's um. Like any, it's a pretty good endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. Back in back in the day, we used to get called most one of the most energetic bands. Oh uh, yeah, we've, we've, our stage shows were pretty full on. <laughs> we've always had uh, we've always had good compliments on our on our stage presence and and the the show we put on. And oh, uh, I think that uh, we've had and yeah, we've had some pretty we've had some pretty solid uh, pretty solid positivity around Overthrown. I've had a, I've had a couple we've had a couple of messages. Uh, Wanting to do a review on it, so that's that's a good thing. Uh, any feedback's good, whether oh, it's... Yeah. any any feedback's good, but the, the so far the 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 feedback. I mean, the feedback to both the both the EPs was good when they came when they were released. I think that, as you say, we're our own worst critics. We, we could tell you, we could sit down with you for all day and tell you what's wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> you've been picking apart things that have been like you, I don't know what you're talking about because yeah, like right. I I've don't know what you're saying for like 10 years but yeah I, I know what you're saying about the the harshest critic and if you sat down and said oh no this is what's wrong with this song this is what's wrong with that song I'd be looking at you going I have no idea what you're talking about, so it's not banned in my books. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Because um, someone because a few months ago, I don't think it many or some people have put me up on this because I did say something bad about an international band, um, over here in Australia. They said I can't believe Sam actually said something bad about the band. I'm like. Have I really become that positive and never give negative feedback? So one time I put something negative up, it's almost a shock because Sam didn't like something, <laughs> and it was, it was more the fact that the problem was was that, and I won't say the band because that's defamation, but this oh. band that was from overseas that um, just there was some shit going down in Australia. That when they were on tour with mates bands and they weren't very cooperative and let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but um, the Australian scene, I've never seen any better artists just look like, you know, it's all about me. We don't want to, you know, help get other bands exposure and that. I think the Aussie scene's not like that or not the bands that I've seen anyway. Yeah, no, we've 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 always done all right with like a lot of the a lot of the guys behind the scenes are pretty good dudes, and uh, I mean even 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 in Murder Crows when we opened we opened when Ailstorm came fuck 11, 12 years ago uh, in twenty twelve or twenty eleven whenever it was with and that was Ailstorm Voyager and we opened that show at Enigma and I remember all of us like all 
15, 16 dudes being shoved in that tiny little green room trying to drink beers together. But it was fun. We were all like, everyone was just all in each other's pockets and like having a good time. It wasn't any like, oh, you know, we're better than you. There's none of that shit. It was good. It was good. And I think, um, yeah, it's, uh, you can tell f- probably within 10 seconds if you're um, on the same lineup as a bear, or maybe half a minute. Give them half a minute and you see, all right, this band's actually, you know, they want to engage with the other bands that are on that lineup. So I think it's important for bands to do that. And, um, yeah, I'm not saying beat bosoms and hang out every minute of the gig, but just, you know, acknowledge the other band, you know, say how good the last band that played before you was. I think that's very important. Yeah, I always like that. Um, there's that. I like that dime bag mentality where, you know, you just grab a six-pack and, and just go next door and say, hey, man, want to drink some beer with us? Right, and just just be dudes. There's no there's no need to to be like, oh, you know, we're not going to hang with you guys because you know the lower down the building we are, or or further up the building we are, or anything like that. It's just like and like hanging out with the people out in the crowd. I Man, I, I I like going out and watching all the bands that I play with. You always see me with my green hair, like out the front, supporting everyone. I think that's a very very valid thing as well. I think. You know, a lot of if someone said to me once, they said, if you want people to come see your or other bands come see your show, go and see theirs. And I think that's a very valid point. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I um, I went out and watched. We actually went out and watched Scratch Lines and Bifurcation yesterday. Me and my missus. So. No, which is. Yeah, it's, you know, even if you get out to one gig a month, I mean, it's 12 a year. That's still – it's a pretty good effort, even yeah, if you do one a month. Yeah, I, I think it's important. Like, just people people in the scene will always tell you it's important for people to see face. Mm. They can see that you're out there supporting them because once they see once they see that you're out there supporting them, they're way more willing to come out and support you. Yeah. I hear I hear that a lot. No, and I, oh, and I, I wasn't. I wasn't the best at it back in the day. I was uh, a bit too worried about how much liquid I could fill my belly with. <laughs> yes, well, especially well when ninety percent of the um, live music is at pubs, that's a bit of a worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it has its has its up has its upside and its downside. I remember the yeah. uh, uni bar where we I think we opened it might have been. And because uh, we, we opened it to get there early, we'd done sound check, and the uh, the guy behind the bar was uh, I think changing the keg or something like that. He's like, "I've got four jugs of beer here. Do you want them?" Before anyone could even say anything, Paul's like, "Yo!" <laughs> Walking over to the bar, grabbed all four jugs, sitting at the table, and away he goes. <laughs> oh, I couldn't do that. I could probably drink two on an empty stomach, but not four. Nah. <laughs> no. Uh... Dark ale too, man. <laughs> era of Murder of Crows, Paul was a different beast. <laughs> yeah, no, it, um, I have a, I have a, I have a Mac, I have a drink maximum now. Before yeah. I, before, I can't, I can't, I can't do it if I've had more than four. I'm fucking useless. I'd fall over myself. Well, once you, oh, once you start, once you start with the the heavy breathing, like you know, you start getting yourself lightheaded real easily. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're not encouraging. If anyone's listening to this, we're not encouraging drinking lots and lots of alcohol. Drink responsibly, people. <laughs> not that Sam has taken much notice of that um, drink responsibly thing. Last time I was at a gig, two gigs ago, I had like four or five beers and I was remember I was getting on the um, train home. I'm like, oh, God, am I that drunk? Seriously, because <laughs> I didn't eat anything, and I, I think I didn't stick to the one drink. And like, oh no, I've done what I shouldn't have done, and mix my drinks. I'm like, oh boy, yep. gonna fail it tomorrow. <laughs> doesn't take doesn't take much. No, the crowd and anchor they they were yesterday. They got hard solo on tap too. That stuff's yeah. So it's like it's like you're just drinking lemon squash all day. Yeah, yeah. that stuff's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty much like those UDLs, everyone or vodka cruises. Everyone's just like, oh, it's just um, you know, nothing. Doesn't taste like booze at all. It's like a lemon flavored hand grenade. (laughs) 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 Oh, but yeah, and mud shakes as well. The old vodka mud shake. Everyone's like, oh, just like vodka milk. Far out. Yeah, they're dangerous. Again, we're not encouraging young people no, to drink responsibly. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that took a turn. Uh, Beth feedback to talking about um, two jugs. What was it? Four jugs of beer that were left. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Which band would you like to be the support act for? Any band? I'm going to get in trouble if I don't say Carcass. <laughs> I just now just put it out there. If I don't, if I don't say carcass, my missus will tell me off. Oh, okay. uh, I think I think if we say any band, I think obviously any one of the big four would have been pretty good. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of three, obvious. There's only three of them left, but yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty obvious one. But like, I don't know something something that would be more within our realm. Maybe I don't know Lamb of God or something like that would oh, be pretty yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm like. Or Silosis, that'd be sick. That's some pretty sick bands there, Silosis and Lamb of God. Yeah. And yeah, any of the big four, obviously three now, should I say. But I, I, I prefer Anthrax, but Chris would tell me off. Yeah, no, bugger that. <laughs> <laughs> any one of the other three would be fine, thank you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so it took me forever to see the big four. Like I was, I'd seen three of the big four: Metallica, Anthrax, and um, Slayer. But not Fest last year. Finally, got to see Megadeth live. Now I know Dave Mustaine and his cancer battles were horrible, and that definitely pushed them back. But I think that was the highlight for me: not Fest last year, seeing Megadeth and Dave yeah. Mustaine after that horrible battle with cancer. Yeah, we went to the sideshow here in Adelaide. It was it's, it was easily one of the like best like best performances I've ever seen. That was so tight. Yeah, that was that was like listening to their albums. Like this, just absolutely perfect. Every single part of it. Mm, it's fucking back in their day, Megadeth. I think they were my favourite of the big four. I reckon just Countdown to Extinction and um, Rust in Pieces and. Just those two albums alone and Peace Cells, I think it was just classic Megadeth. Yeah, it's all great stuff. Unfortunately, I was uh, caught up in that whole you either like Metallica or Megadeth bullshit back in the 80s and early 90s, and I was a Metallica fan, so I didn't really oh. discover <laughs> until 
probably late nineties, early two thousands. And once once I did, I was like, oh wow, I missed out on a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so the the battle of the big four, Metallica and Megadeth. Yeah, the the whole thing about Dave Mustaine as well, because he was in Metallica briefly, wasn't he, before he joined Megadeth? Yeah, no, he was. Uh, yeah, he was one of the founding members of Metallica, as far as I know, and then. Due to alcohol problems, they kicked him out and replaced him with Kirk from Exodus. Yes, uh, and, and, they, and they went off to to form Megadeth in spite of Metallica. <laughs> yes, and it's still not even the original Metallica lineup because Cliff Burton was also an original member of Metallica, but sadly died. When was that? Just after and Justice for All was released, I think. Uh, no, it was no, I think it was before. It was, it was like eighty-seven. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can, yeah, because it was on the Master of Puppets tour. In Europe. And, uh, yeah, Justice is the first album with Jason on it. Germany? Jason Houston. Germany. Uh, no. So, somewhere in Europe. So, somewhere in Europe. Somewhere where it snows, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere where it snows. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, but... Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a massive Anthrax fan. I only really got I only got to see him on the Slayer farewell tour, so that was uh, but that was so cool. I was very happy to see Joey Belladonna play like sing for Anthrax. What did I see? Oh, I saw him at Soundwave. Oh, gee, that's showing my age even more when I talk about Soundwave. You went to that. Uh, <laughs> Chris went to that Soundwave, I reckon. Was that? It had like um a perfect circle, Lincoln Park. Metallica, and actually, I think it had the did it have all the big four bar Megadeth. I think that one because yeah, Slayer were there, Slayer on it too, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I'm pretty sure that was a long time ago, though. I can't really remember much past like 10 years. <laughs> 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 My CPU is running at maximum, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> actually, a lot of millennials probably wondering what the hell is <laughs> Soundwave is probably the yeah. question they're asking. Yeah, we're talking about transform. What's a sound wave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, that sound wave, I still think 20... For me, 2011's the best sound wave with like Iron Maiden, Queens of the Stone Age, Primus. There was... was Who else was there? There was a whole heap of other bands on that lineup. But yeah, either reckon, 2011 or 2012. I reckon I went to the two before those two. Like, you know, Divine Heresy, Shadows Fall, Kill Switch Engage, all that kind of stuff. It was fucking... Oh, yeah. It was sick, though. I, I, was, I, was, I went to see Divine Heresy. I was pumped as no killer. That was before oh. Tommy Hughes was a... Douchebag. Was himself. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic vocalist. Utter douchebag. <laughs> I reckon that was 2008, the sound wave. Because I reckon that was... um. Yeah, it was Divine Heresy, um, Kill Switch, All Time Low, Offspring, Incubus. There was a whole heap of, yeah. like, yeah. Or am I thinking maybe 2009? It was one of the two. Yeah, one of them, one of those two. One, I think, uh, and then uh, at the Adelaide show, there was, De- there was Devil Driver stopped mid-song because there was kids punching each other. Oh, okay. Yeah, in, in the mosh pit. I remember, I remember one um, sound wave. They had to stop. Yeah, the actual set didn't go ahead. It was bad religion back in 2012 because one of the poles at the top of the like 
stage thing was sticking out. It was looking like it was going to fall out. Oh, it's yeah, like, I about that. shit, wouldn't want that to fall through someone's eyeball or something. I mean, ugh. That's just a death clock accident waiting to happen, that is. <laughs> yeah. That is um, a metal scenario right there if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Thank, mosh pit can be scary. I'm the chicken shit of everyone. I'm the one that stays out of it. Everyone's like, go in. I'm like, I don't want to be bashed around and hip and shouldered and kicked nah. and that. No, I got my head. I got my head almost kicked off at fucking Nicholas Cage fighter fucking last year. And I had to go to hospital. Fucking. Oh. It was. It. I'd like to say it was an accident. The dude was a bit of a cockhead. So, but you know, it happens. It is. It's something that I don't. I don't like to get myself involved in as much anymore since then. And then my yeah. my my girlfriend got elbowed in the face intentionally by some dickhead at another concert. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've. Uh... I've seen the guy that you're talking about with this whole kicking you in the head thing, right? And he's uh, pretty violent with what he does. And I've actually seen other people, like, at other gigs that do that type of slam dancing. And the ones that actually do it, like, on the reg, they they actually, you can see that they care about, like, they've got space to not hurt anyone. Yeah. So you can tell that this guy is clearly just being a douche. Yeah, he just seems to be targeting people. He's a bit of a cockhead, but, you know. Other people, like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I, I'm, I guess I'm a bit of an old head in that way. I just think, like, I want to go to a concert and watch the band. I don't want to watch the floor while I'm spinning around. Yeah, or watch, watch just... getting knocked over. Or... <laughs> but, you know, each their I, own, as long as you're having fun. I think um, the most important thing is if they're not intentionally going there to hurt someone, then I don't have an issue with it. But if they're going to attack people that aren't even in the mosh pit and kicking people, elbowing people, that's just... Wrong on so yeah. many levels. Exactly. Yeah, it's, where, where's the borderline between moshing and, and assault? I mean, yeah, it's. I, I've been at gigs where I've seen that happen, and look, it's like I think it's wrong. And look, I know people are there to mosh and let their anger out and all that, but you know, it, and it happened. I saw a post a few months ago where like someone was doing it and just like, fuck off, mate. You know, if you want to do that, go do it in your own time, at, in your own home, but not at a gig or a festival. Yeah. No, you want, you want to go kick and punch people, man. Sign up for fucking MMA. Fuck. Yeah, or WWE or something. Yeah, go, go jump in the octagon. <laughs> I love <laughs> But, yeah, no. Like, I do think moshing is a good idea. And, yeah. you know, there's some venues even in um, Melbourne that won't allow um, circle pits, won't allow crowd surfing and all that. But then if the band says, oh, let's start a circle pit, you can't just ignore the band and say, oh, no, I'm not going to fucking do that. Yeah. People see those signs and they just go, yeah, whatever, dickhead. And they do it anyway. <laughs> it's just probably not. It's just one of those don't push this button moments, you know? It's probably not as noticeable in bigger venues. I think it's really noticeable that there's a circle pit happening in a small venue, like when it's only a 100-cap per venue. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's only 150, 120 people in there and then it starts getting hectic. There's nowhere to go. Nah. At least with, like, in Melbourne, you have Max Watts in the corner that uh, capacity of, I think, 600 people. And 
You see yeah. people washing, but you're like, there's fucking shitloads of space to just move back and not be involved in it. So yeah. same with Lion Arts and, and the bridgeway over here. Like there's enough there's enough space and capacity to kind of go, well, I can still see the band from over here. I don't need to get my, my shit rocked. We saw um I was watching Broken Loose, their young thrash band play at the broadcast and one of their one of their fans, he broke his leg, did his ACL and his and his uh, meniscus moshing with the kids. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah wow. Go. And, they, and they had to carry him down the flipping stairs. <laughs> stairs oh, that were the worst stairs to play in any venue. Worst stairs to carry himself. Great place yeah. to play. Great place to rock out to when it's, when it's full, but there's stairs and falls. Oh, that would have been even worse because... Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, it, was, a- it was fun. It was a fun march, but yeah, not not having to go to the hospital and get all that shit. Yeah, broken leg, ACL. I was just like, wow. I'm actually a big fan of Broken Loose. Like what I've heard already, their music's really good, and they're young, which is even better. Yeah, their um, their EP's coming out in two weeks, man. Yeah, everyone's dropping new music in the next three or four weeks. It's just like I'm like. Okay, twenty twenty three was a huge year for music. What's twenty twenty four gonna start like? And I looked at who is releasing new music, and it's just like fucking hell. It's yeah. never ending. Nah, you're gonna be a busy man, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it takes some time. No, no, no. I won't take some time away from supporting local music. That would be not the most professional thing to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, he just needs time away to listen to it all. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of not um, driving. So when I go to Melbourne for these live gigs, I've got like an hour and a half to catch up on music on the train, so it's yeah, perfect. So catch the train, yeah, an hour and a half, yeah. It's not bad. she got time yeah. there. Probably get 15 to 16 songs in easily, again, depending on the duration of the song. Yeah, none of those 10-minute songs. No. <laughs> But if they're like three to four minutes, you could probably almost get twenty-five in. Depend, yeah, yeah. close to thirty. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, but also the best thing about it, and a lot of people probably don't realize this, but a lot of the preparation into the podcast is done when I'm sitting on the train coming home late at night or going to the venue because I could get so much done in that time that when I get back to do it the next day, it's already two-thirds done. Yeah. Bit of a night I've seen. Sorry? Bit of a night hour I've seen. Yeah, night hour. Yeah. (laughs) More like a vampire, maybe, given I get home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, but uh, nah. I I love the travel. I do like travelling, but it's... It does take a bit out of you when it's you don't drive and you live a hundred kilometers from Melbourne, but it is what it is. Definitely. Well, I've only got one. Well, we've been talking for an hour, have we? Fuck, that's gone by in a flash. I've only got one more question, and then Chris and Paul have the floor, as they say, and they ask any questions to the interviewer. So I'm intrigued to hear them. 
The last question for me is three favourite fellow South Australian bands. Oh, I'll let Chris go first. Uh, Broken Loose, uh, Storm the Crown, and oh, Sons of Erebus. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good three, and three um, very impressive 2023s for those three bands as well. Yeah. I um I I like Broken Loose. I think they're definitely they're definitely one of the bands that I like to go and see. They're a bit plus, you know, Kyle's in Sons of Erebus drumming for us now, so gotta give them a bit of a big up because they're fucking they're pretty they are pretty good men. Very talented dudes, especially at such a young age. And they put in a lot of work. Uh I like Ectasis. They just uh, came back from tour in uh Brisbane with Ecosa, actually. Wow. Yeah, they they they're they're pretty good. They're a three piece. Um Sydney, their singer, guitar player. He teaches guitar at the Australian Rock and Metal Institute. He's he's really fucking good. Yep. And he's a solid, solid dude as well. And I like Bifurcation. I think that they're one of those bands you gotta watch. They're playing that kind of like that that slammy death metal music which everyone loves at the moment. And they're doing it really well. Also mm. pretty Foods. Uh, there's some insanely good bands in those picks and um yeah it's i think um just on um broken loose i think and we've mentioned it a few times like i think some of the bands that are coming through now that are sort of that teenage to early 20s age I think that's the best time to bring out your music because you're still young, still energetic. You still got probably, who knows, 10, 15 years still left in you. And it's only the beginning sort of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you, I always feel like you can get a lot of evolution done when you're listening to your old shit as well. You can kind of go, well, you can, you know, the more you listen to it, the more you know where, to, like, what to, stay away from or what's frustrating for you or what doesn't work for you i've always noticed and found that with young bands the uh, biggest problem is never the music or the ability it's always the egos oh yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember i remember being that guy <laughs> when you're when you're 18 egos run rampant and sometimes what you want is not best for the song or the band or the band mm. And like you have to, some 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 bands will work through it and get past it, others will not. And yeah, luck luck of the draw, really. Yeah, and I think you know you've got to have that. Like to have an ego in music is important. Like to know how, like to have a bit of confidence about yourself. But you don't want like, to get to the point where you're too cocky and too arrogant that you think you're gonna be straight off the bat the next Parkway Drive or the next Void of Vision or. Whoever yeah, the band may be, you definitely got to you definitely got to know your abilities, know what know what your strengths are, but you also got to be humble enough to know what your weaknesses are and know know to know you got to work on them. Mm. And the, every band has a weakness, like or every member of a band has a weakness. Yeah, uh, definitely. My three favourite South Australian bands. What am I? Well. Sons of Erebus have already been mentioned, but I'll mention them again. Uh, well, um, 
we're very happy with our placement in your in your countdown too. So we obviously have touched your heart a bit. So we're, we're we're thankful for that. You almost made the top twenty with depravity. It wasn't far off. There were a lot of songs between twenty and thirty that could have easily made the top twenty. That's how difficult a year last year was. For those that don't know, depravity twenty one, world fall eighty one. I think it was. Was it eighty yeah. two? But yeah, no. of 81 songs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Sons of Erebus is definitely one. For me, yeah, I'm really digging Storm the Crown at the moment as well. I've been, I've been playing them probably as much as Sons of Erebus, actually, on my podcast. It's yeah, sort of who am I playing more? <laughs> I'm not just getting a plug. They're, 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 good. they're good dudes. Uh, Chris, their singer, he used to sing for Close Casket, I reckon, back in the day. They're, um, I, I saw them open for Cannibal Corpse. I reckon it was Cannibal Corpse. Wow. Yeah, that's... yeah that was back, that was way back in the day, though. That was fucking hell. He was a young kid, dude. Yeah. But yeah, um, they're, uh, they're a good band. They're a good band to play with. Very enthusiastic. And yeah, because um, I bought their EP, the latest one with like Purist and Oceans, Valleys and that off Bandcamp. And I said, all right, I'll check out this band play it once, give them exposure. And yeah, I don't think I've, yeah, like Sons of Erebus, there's only been like one or two podcasts where I haven't played their music. And I think that was during the countdown because it was sort of too early in the countdown to put these bands in and I think yeah. that's why a few bands went a week without being played and that's no disrespect to them it's just yeah just haven't been hasn't been out long enough nah uh the other band and um I'm actually going regional South Australia and um a band that I only discovered last year a band by the name of Discord who are from Mount Gambia that's I'm really digging at the moment as well. So, yeah, Sons of Erebus, Storm the Crown, Discord, I think would be my three favourite South Australian bands. Ask me in six months' time, it might be a murder of crows. You just, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll work on it. We'll we, need to, we need to drop more um, we'll material work. before anyone considers us their favourite band. We'll work some tasty jeans for you. We're, uh, yeah, we're keen, we're keen to earn that spot. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, and Overthrown will be eligible for the countdown of 2024 because it well it's going to be released on streaming platforms sometime but also yeah. on youtube it was 2024 it dropped so you're in it you beauty i'm in, but, aiming for a big aiming for a i am aiming for a high spot it's a good song we love it i hope everyone i hope everyone can love it even half as much as we do because like we're, we're super 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 proud of them yep and i think you should every uh, bands and artists, and, you know, whether they it, they don't think it's their best song, they should be proud of everything they release because, I mean, if you've brought out music to this world and what you've put your heart and soul into, if you enjoy what you have released and it's sort of, and someone can say they enjoy it as well, I mean, that's something yeah. to be very proud of as a musician. Definitely. Agree. Well, it's come to the time of the podcast interview that I've 
asked Paul and Chris all the hard-hitting questions. Now the tables get turned, and if Paul and Chris have anything they want to ask me, far away, nothing's off the table either, I might just add. Uh, I'll fly first. Um, why did you get into doing this? Love well, it. Well, actually, hold on. How long have you been doing it for, and why did you start doing it? I've been doing this for almost four years, and surprisingly, it wasn't going to come up again, but it's going to have to because it came in this part. So um, this started due to COVID because the radio station I used to be at was shut for three months and I had to find something to do in the time that we're in lockdown. So I checked out a few podcasts on Spotify and I said to myself, I'm going to do one episode and if I truly hate it, then at least I've tried something new. That first episode I did, I stopped the recording and just said, no, this is something I want to do for however long. And um, I think the other reason I got into this is I wanted to support the local music scene even more so that more people could hear, you know, Storm the Crown, Sons of Erebus, Murder of Crows, you know, all these amazing bands here in Australia that don't get the exposure. Yep. That's good. All right, cool. But I love the question, Chris. I try to make it short every time, but it never does actually get short. It's all good. good. When, when are you coming over Adelaide to watch a show, man, so we can get you, <laughs> some, of these, get you some of these door spots? Yes, funnily enough, I knew that was going to come up at some point, Paul, because <laughs> Ethan's like, oh, you're coming to South Australia next month? Like, <laughs> look, there is an interstate um, thing happening this year. It's Brisbane, though, but I'm hoping sometime in 2024, late 2024, early 2025, because... I think it's about time I got out of just check out live music in Melbourne, which I love, don't get me wrong, but I want to see Sydney, Adelaide, Brisbane's live music scene. Yeah. My um even, even my girlfriend talks about Perth. She loves she this is even the scene over there is crazy. So and, But I, I and, hear I hear I hear Melbourne is great, the scene there. A lot of people talk a lot of a lot of good 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 things about it. And when we played there in Murder of Crows, 11 years ago it was we had a blast mm. you know drive, driving across doing staying at backpackers doing it the old rock and roll style man yeah because adelaide to melbourne's like it is a fair way but in comparison to other states in australia it's probably the closest really yeah it's not that bad it's only eight uh-huh. hours yeah and if you go the nice, like, obviously eight hours if you go inland, but if you go the coastal route through, like, Warrnambool and um, Port Ferry and that along the Great Ocean Road, that's beautiful. And the ocean well. route, about, about half a day, but, yeah, it's still a, it's a beautiful drive. But I think back to that very important question, Paul, because I think now I've realised that, a lot of the bands I'm starting to interview, like I'm still interviewing a lot of Melbourne bands, but I'm finding that Adelaide and uh, Sydney in particular are the two 
um, cities in Australia that I'm getting the most interviews with. And they're like, when are you coming up to Adelaide? When are you coming up to Sydney? So I think maybe it is time for me to take that step and say, all right, I'll still support Melbourne music and that, but maybe once or twice a year, let's go interstate. Get some of that big, I mean, yeah, there's always a whole bunch of big shit always happening in Sydney and here. Like, there's always a. Mm. Hello? 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 You there? Yeah, 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 yeah. You there? Yeah, sorry, I mean, sorry. Screen locked again. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, we, we, was... got a, we, got a, we got an hour and twenty minutes through before it happened again, so we, we did all right. It's pretty good. <laughs> and it, hey, it didn't disconnect. It just sort of cut, and it wasn't that long. I reckon that was ten seconds. So all up, there's going to be fifteen seconds of Sam saying hello, hello, hello. So, silly <laughs> buggers. <laughs> But 15 seconds out of an hour and 20, I think, is pretty good um, record. So, <laughs> uh, um, I've got another question for you. Yep. You said you got into it because you like supporting the uh, the local scene, which is really cool. Um, if you had the opportunity to take like your show to a much larger scale, would you continue to still monitor the local scene or would you take that offering and go bigger? Oh, fuck. Uh, great, Chris. These are absolute gems of questions, and that's really put me on the spot because, yeah. <laughs> that's If anyone listens to this, they'll be like, oh, Sam, we we'll just cut you off now because you said you want to go international. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck. Okay. Suddenly, I don't know what happened. The interview got cut off. I don't know. Just like, <laughs> suddenly, I'm gone. All right, how do I answer this the right way and not offend the Aussies? I think if it got to the scale of where it got to like an international stage, I'd sort of do half and half. Like I'd say, all right, 50% of it, I'm going to interview local bands and 50% I'll go to the, you know, UK bands, US, Europe, any of them. I don't feel like it could go a hundred percent all international at first. Yeah, you gotta 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 stay with your roots a little bit, I guess. And I I, I get what you're saying because you you feel like that some people will be like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, that's, a, that's a good diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, they'd be like, oh, we've you know you know you've interviewed us, you've played our music, and now you're saying, oh, fuck the Aussies, let's go. Hey, let's go bring to the horizon or slipknot or foo fighters or something and it's like no that's not how it works it's but i think 50 50 i reckon yeah yeah cool but oh that that's a new one i've never been asked that second question before chris i've been asked a lot about how did i start the podcast but not on the big scale thing of if i was if this was going to become bigger and look at doing it internationally, I think, yeah, that that would put me in a a spot of like, what do I actually do? Because my roots are here in Australia. But yeah, so there's a lot, yes. be a lot of work, that's for sure. 
Yeah, and like I've been asked, like why pe- people start asking me, you know, you're at live music so much, why don't you start doing bookings and your booking tours and all that? It's just like the problem there is that because um, a lot of the shows will be in Melbourne, more than likely, the travelling and also the fact that, you know, if someone says, oh, we need you to fix this up straight away in Melbourne, I'm still 90 minutes minimum from the CBD. Like, if yeah. I was to go down that path, I'd have to probably move to Melbourne. Yep. Yeah. Being rural, it does make it a bit different, difficult to uh, do anything like that, I'm guessing. Yeah. That's why, that's why those Firestorm dudes basically run their whole everything with their lead-heavy promotions, you know. They've got that that whole setup, you know, the, the, the PAs, the, 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 the speakers, the whole, everything that they, they own it all, the lighting setups, the, the, they do it all themselves. They haven't got a sound guy. There is no sound guys in Broken Hill, you know? Yeah. That's, that's really rural too. Broken yeah. Hill. Like, yeah. And they, they were telling me when we, cause we, when Sons of Erebus went and played up there, they were saying that there's no sound. They're the closest sound guy to them is in Mildura. So, that's yeah. like far out. Yeah, that's a long way, actually. Yeah. When you yeah. said Mildura, I'm like, fucking hell, that's almost close to Warrigal than it is Broken Hill. But no, it's not. But it's still a fair old drive. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's the, the, the uh, there is a there is a real tough part doing it, probably doing it rural, 100%. Yeah. Because um, I had this very conversation with um, someone in a band and where were they from? No, they actually were from South Australia as well and they are based probably not as bad as Broken Hill to another city away, but they were based sort of regional South Australia and they said to get into Adelaide took like three or four hours just to okay. drive from... Is that Suffer the Avenue dudes? Oh, I don't know if it was a Suffer the Avenue. It was definitely someone like I've been in good contact with and played a lot of their music. It, it could very well have been Suffer the Avenue. I can't remember the band off the top of my head. Or well, somewhere out there, which is about four hours away. Well, it could have been them. And yeah. you think, like, that's where you've got to think, all right, if you are that far out from a major city, you've got to be dedicated to do what you love because the travelling that much, like that'd be eight-hour round trip for yeah. a four-hour gig. Yeah. Like, for a four-hour gig that you only play 30 minutes of sometimes, like 40 minutes. And sometimes it's not even a four-hour gig. If it's only two bands on the lineup, it's probably – only three at most, and you, yeah. yeah. But I guess though, yeah. It's if you're passionate about it, you just got to do what you do. Yeah, so I was going to say that's where the passion and the dedication kind of roll in together. Mm. Actually, stuff for the avenue. Like I know we said top three, but I reckon that'd be closing in on that top three at the moment for me. I loved their EP last year. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. They are a lot of fun, those dudes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, it's, yeah, Broken Hill, fuck. Well, Jura's 
Yeah, I don't know how far that is, but it's a long way. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. It's tough. It's oh. tough. We, 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 it's what we do to ourselves as musicians. We make it hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's you do it. It's the passion. It's the love. You just do it because you love it, and you can see it in both Murder of Crows and Sons of Erebus and any band. In the, here in Australia right at the moment, you look at them, within half a minute, I reckon, of their set, you know that they love what they do. If they're jumping around, getting the crowd involved, you know they're enjoying what they do. Yeah. Yeah, you can generally you generally get a good vibe off of, yeah. off of them most, most times. You can see the guys who, have, who, are, who are thinking of, thinking to themselves, we can't hear anything up here. It doesn't sound right. Something's not going. You can see it on their faces, sheer mm. panic. <laughs> but you know, you can all, you can always, you can also tell when a band is is thoroughly enjoying themselves. Yep. And uh, like, I think one of the biggest things I've heard is when um, the crowd's singing the words back to your song to you. Like, you know, the crowd involvement like that. I think that must please a lot of bands and sort of put a big smile on their face because you know this these people are singing the lyrics back to your song at your gig it's pretty impressive yeah i, I find it funny when people sing the lyrics to our songs because i don't even know the lyrics to our songs <laughs> <laughs> i suppose i'm the only one who needs to know the lyrics to their songs like, yeah um there i um i also think that's got a big part that's got a bit of a not maybe not a huge part, but you, you got to be able to, you got to have the um, I think the humility right there to, to 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 write stuff like in that kind of vein where you can write a section of something where in, in this song you go, all right, I'm going to put something in there that people can sing along to. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a that's sometimes that can be a, a real conscious decision, and 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 it's tough for some, especially in metal, like to especially in, in the way metal can go in this country and this state, especially where people think that, you know, it's it needs to be faster or it needs to be more extreme or it needs to be more technical. Like, it, you know, sometimes, yeah, I guess I guess that's we we kind of connect to the fact that well, it doesn't always. It does, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's it's got to be you know easy for people to get into. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's. Yeah, it's sort of that fine line sort of thing. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that there's a. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely a tight, tight, uh, tight rope. <laughs> Life's a tight rope, I reckon. But anyway, that's. <laughs> oh. Well, I hate when things like this, when it comes to an end, and you're sort of like. You've been talking for, what, 90 minutes. So I think we had a fair old chat with Sons of Erebus. I don't think we're going to break that record of whatever <laughs> that was. <laughs> um, I'd just like to take this time to thank both Paul and Chris from A Murder of Crows for jumping on the podcast and having a chat because I've really enjoyed it. I'm hoping you have on the other end. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. We appreciate the time taken and we appreciate everyone who listens and, Hope you get into our new songs. Hope you Ooh. like Overthrown and, and I can't, can't wait to drop some more shit. 
A few other things for people who are listening. You will hear Overthrown on part two of the podcast. And this uh, podcast episode will not actually be uploaded at 5 p.m. It's probably going to be uploaded fucking within like 40 minutes because Sam's pretty much done everything except he's got to just do a little trailer for this part of the podcast and upload this. So 2.30, I'll probably send you guys the link. But it'll be 2 p.m. in Adelaide, of course. So, no worries. Any beauty. Yeah. And feel free to share it around when I send it through. And um, yeah, I love your stuff. And I'll have Paul and Chris back on anytime. And anyone in the music scene, whether you've been on before or not, happy to interview you. Yeah. Cheers, man. Anyone who asks, you're a good dude, man. You, I'll put them onto you because uh, you. you're definitely a good dude to talk to. And you don't make us feel like we have like too much to think about. Like we have, we have questions to answer and and uh, and, a, and always a bit of a laugh and it's not too stuff shirty or anything like that. So we enjoy that kind of atmosphere. I think that's very important too. Like you know, I don't ever want to feel like bands and artists. You know that this is like podcasts can be serious, but I want to have a bit of fun. I don't want it to be like. Sam's serious 95% of the time because that's just, for me, it's not fun if it's 95% serious. 75% maybe, but, yeah, just want to have a bit of fun. Have bands and artists feel like, you know, it's just easy going, chilled, relaxed. That's the way I try and do these interviews. Uh, I think you're you're accomplishing that. Crushing it. No worries. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Paul and Chris, and I'll continue to spin some Murder of Crows on future podcasts, and I will get over to South Australia at some stage in the future for sure. Can I hold you to that? Yep. Got a door spot waiting for you, man. All right. (laughs) No worries. No worries. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon, and we'll chat again soon. Thanks, man. You You too, too, mate. Have a good one. Same to you.